stealing my dad's roses, getting a new project out that I've been plugging away at for donkeys, and a swim in the Baltic Irish Sea. There are a million things that I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? I think it was a nice opportunity to go experiment with redefining ourselves. I remember arriving in Whistler first and going, maybe I won't be a jock this time. Maybe I'll try to be a hippie. And then I found out I had no rhythm and I couldn't play a drum. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude lists to find out the things that have shaped their lives. Now, before I get into my guest today, have you seen my new project? Yeah, the one I referenced up above. It's called Freckle. It's spelled F-R-K-L. We just dropped the vowels because that's what the cool kids are doing. <laughs> it is a buildable, customizable jewellery collection that I have been working my little arse off on for a couple of years and longer in my head which is usually where these things start I've been wearing it on my socials on Instagram for a little while now teasing just wetting the old palette so if you like the gold on gold on gold look then have a go you can find it at my freckle f-r-k-l on Instagram or myfreckle.com. I hope you love it Okay, on to today's episode. Two for the price of one, because I'm all about the value. Steve and Dave, the ridiculously enthusiastic Irish twins and founders of The Happy Pair. Spelled P-E-A-R, not P-A-I-R. If you're not familiar, it is a plant-based cooking and lifestyle company with number one best-selling cookbooks as well as food products, online courses, two whole food retail cafes and shops, a farm, a roastery and a community of over one million people who are following their advice for a healthier life. Their mission, and it is a mission, I think as soon as you hear them talk you realise that it's not just all handstands and porridge. (laughs) The mission for the lads is to create a happier, healthier world and build community. And they're absolutely smashing it. I mean, they started a thing called Swim Rise a few years ago, which kind of feels, although people may object to this suggestion, that they kind of spawned that mad interest and commitment from people, certainly in Ireland, into cold water swimming and sea swimming and you'll see them in their droves down on Greystones Beach at sunrise every morning no matter what the weather having their tea having a splash around and just hanging out this summer they released their fifth book vegan cooking for everyone and if you haven't come across them yet then I'm thrilled to be introducing you to them and you're going to learn that they weren't always the visions of health that they are now Which is quite nice to know that they just didn't fall onto the planet like that, you know. There's a journey. And they've got a lot to be thankful for over the years. Before we get into that, what are you thankful for this week? Every day I wake up and feel like I can kick ass out of my anxiety, depression and smash the day. Go Jukes. My sister-in-law had a beautiful, healthy baba. Whole family are on a high. Oh, there's literally nothing, is there? Like the sweet, smelly head of a newborn. Holly, my grown children, husband, sunshine, fog and the sea. Wow, that sounded like Carol Kirkwood on the morning weather. My new Hunza swimsuit. I got one of those recently and a holiday in two weeks. I don't have one of them anytime soon. And just being alive. There's lots of just being alive ones. I like that. Keep sending them in. Use the hashtag thanks a million trio or get me on at Angela Scanlon on Instagram. Right to the happy pair. 
in our chat we talk about well a lot there are two of them I don't get a word in which is unusual but also fine we chat about being a twin traveling and finding who you are nature and our harmony with the world the importance of discomfort and business and of course beloved Ireland the lads in fact are sitting looking over the sea as we speak with a train line running along the front so if you hear the train that's what it is it's authentic which is on brand okay to deal with it as you might expect the language is a little saucy in parts prepare to feel alive if you liked Wim Hof you're gonna like this buzz so brace yourself for the bundles of energy that are Steve and Dave aka the happy pair Hi, lads. All right, Angela. I've just eaten some raw chocolate nuts, you'll be glad to hear. Oh, we were just eating <laughs> chocolate pellets that someone sent Just Very pellets, nice chocolate. Yeah. Oh, it looks lovely. Nice. And a bit of juice there. It's actually, it's down actually the cordyceps mushroom tea, Angela. Come on, like. <laughs> Is it? In what kind of bottle? Oh, a recyclable bottle. Like a, a, you know, a tin bottle or a metal bottle. One of those okay, bottles. and it's... Is it um is it the powdered stuff or do you get the actual little worm all the way from China? <laughs> no, I just said powder and then I put a bit of tincture in just for like, you know, added nitros. A bit of tincturing. What Magical kind of tincturing? tincturing. <laughs> well, actually, now that we say it, this one is a shiitake. Wild harvests with kadu plum. So, oh, la, la, listen, no, ma- never mind the pellets. Huh? All- that was only the starter. <laughs> it's all Oh, how are you guys? I mean, I did think, how are we going to do this? Usually we're tight enough for time. And I thought the two Flynn twins, high as kites on cordyceps mushrooms. And pellets. And pellets. We'll be here for days. Um, But you look the picture of health as usual. And I feel like, I mean, you guys embody this and have done for a very long time. I think that kind of sense of focusing and bringing joy into your everyday lives and being in the present. And, you know, I feel like it's quite on brand for you being grateful and and that as a concept. Is it something that you always did or have you had to kind of learn it? I think we were fortunate enough. Maybe it's been identical twins or whatever, but we were always one of those people that it could be the most miserable day ever. And there'd be a tiny gap in the clouds and be going, sun's coming out now, can't wait. You yeah, know, like yeah, ridiculously. Yeah. And like even running a business together, we'd often say like, Ash, if it all goes belly up, should we go down and sell orange juice down at the train station? We'll have a bit of a laugh. Yeah, that'd be grand. You know, there's yeah, this kind okay. of re- relentless optimism that Ash, it'll all be fine. As long as we have each other, we'll, be, we'll have a laugh. Yeah. Well, that's lovely, though. And do you think it comes from being yeah. twins that you're like, do you know what? Actually, if we go down, at least we have each other. There's not that yeah. weight of pressure of like being a failure in the singular. I think for sure, because when we kind of boil it back down to lots of things, like so many of us are going around looking for other half, in a sense. You're looking for someone else that deeply understands you and is there with you no matter what. Like, we've always had that. Like, always, always, always. So you can tend yeah, to take okay. a lot more risks and, like... And I think that probably is part of why we're so carefree and compared to our other brothers, for example, who have the same parents in the same environment. Absolute they grew up nightmares. In... No, no, they're not <laughs> no, no, they are very, they're wonderful in their own ways, but we're different in, in another sense, you know. So. Yeah. So you're mirror. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So identical and mirror or mirror? What is the, the distinction? Identical and mirror. Okay. <laughs> Level two, double whammy. Um, but I have friends who are identical. 
but actually they're very, very different. So you say that it's a kind of given as identical twins, but I don't think it is. I think you guys have quite a, you know. Maybe we worked on it. Maybe we worked on it as well. Like maybe it does take, you could kind of, like I think you can realise that it's your greatest strength and it can also have its weaknesses because there's two of you and you're in your own, the epitome of, you know, the way people are talking about we're all in our own echo chambers in whatever, like yeah, we've yeah. always been in an echo chamber because, ah, oh, you're great, Dave. Yeah. Of course, you're grand. You're really smart. <laughs> I don't think you're stupid you're at so all. You're so strong, man. That's a great, idea. That's yeah, a great idea to jump off that cliff. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you're on the same yeah. wavelength, always. I love that though, I do. And actually it's, you know, you often hear about the kind of struggle with twins to find their own distinct identity. In a way, you've kind of leaned in like the happy pair. You seem happy being, you know, lumped together all the time. (laughs) Does it ever get annoying? I think you kind of learn to, you can't have everything and you kind of got to learn, like like with the nature of if you're going down for a monogamous relationship, you know, you kind of quickly realise no one's perfect. You just decide, you know, what challenges do I want to choose? You know, that way, and I think, with but those, you aren't aware of a lot of them until no, they're no, right. so, Yeah, of course. You kind of learn that it's, it's such fun and it's such a laugh. And yeah, there's times when you go, ah, shit, I'd like to be, excuse me, cursing, but I'd like to be an individual. But back when we were younger, like, you know, we used to sit beside each other in school. We were t- the epitome of like, you know, most of the time you were called Flynn Twin or yeah. your, your, your main name used was, which one are you? Okay. You know, that was, that was the form of greeting. Yeah. So we did spend a couple of years traveling separately. And that was the real opportunity to kind of, what am I like without my twin brother? Mm-hmm. My God, and who am I removed from this? So that was that kind of... But even the, college before that, we went to separate universities. So yeah. that was a bit like having, you're right, like having one arm or something because you were, you know, you were missing the other lad and there was always two and you always got so much attention because there was two and you looked the same and of course. you were kind of loud and gregarious and then here you were out by yourself and you felt like there was a hole in your head that everyone could see. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that kind of way, like it felt a little, it took a bit of time to get used to that. You know. That independence so, uh, almost. Just that sense of it being an individual. And, uh, and probably of, the vulnerability of it, I'd say. Ultimately. Yeah, maybe that it's Because when there's two of you, you're, you're a me- like you're even a to use the analogy, say we were going traveling, we used to travel to London a huge amount and regularly be standing there in the terminal and the pair of us just go off and do handstands and yoga and everyone would be watching and we wouldn't give a damn. Yeah, but yeah, when you're yeah. on your own, you don't do that because you feel like, far too weird but when there's two of you at least you're weird together yeah. you know that way if anyone looks at you go what are you looking at yeah. <laughs> quite, or you can give them that kind of look oh, I love that um, is it true now because I have like a bit of inside info so you two were like ruggers yeah. and then you both went off as you say like separately you know to find yourselves and <laughs> when you like regrouped you had kind of both discovered almost in tandem in parallel worlds similar things and similar outlooks yeah yeah totally yeah we, like we grew up as total jocks total cavemen you know meeting two veg <laughs> just <laughs> getting drunk veg. and just regular irish lads but yeah. amped up to the max because your identical twins man all boys family gone to all boys schools and playing loads of rugby so you yeah. were like we were masculine squared On steroids yeah, Not literally, and, but and, like. and, and hyper competitive because you're an identical twin. So we were, we were that really, you know, we were that jock character yeah. to the power of two. And then uh, we ended up going away traveling. We kind of felt like there must be more to life after college. Like we had, we were both semi-pro rugby players. We were, I went, I was been off scratching golf. I was going to go be a professional golfer. We were doing modeling at the time. We were studying business. We'd done loads of things that you were meant to do that was meant to make you happy. And underneath it, there was still a kind of, a, 
I guess, an emptiness in a sense, or that kind of awareness that there must be more to life. So right. one, one Christmas, Steve says to me, says, uh, day, like we were 20 at the time, I think. It was just, we just finished college, and Steve said, uh, I'm going away traveling. I'm getting a one-way ticket to Canada. I want to go be a snowboard instructor, and you're not coming with me, Dave. It's like, you, you what? Happy fucking Christmas, Dave. <laughs> it's like, yeah, me too. I'm going somewhere by myself, and you're not coming either, Steve. Anyway. Okay. So, so bit uh, of a blow. No, not quite. But we, okay. we both knew it was kind of time to go do our own thing. So we both went away separately, wandering the world. And I, I think it was really the opportunity was to kind of explore our social conditioning. Because you know the way, yeah. at least, grow, you know, growing up in Ireland, you're kind of, by the local parish, you're being told who, you, who Angela should be or who Stephen should be. And yeah. what, to, to be a good lad, what you should do. And I, I think it was a nice opportunity to go experiment with redefining ourselves. I remember arriving in Whistler first and going... Maybe I won't be a jock this time. Maybe I'll try to be a or, hippie. I grew my hair long. I bought a djembe drum. I started trying to play this and I'm going to be a hippie. I'm definitely going to try on being a hippie. And then I found out I had no rhythm and I couldn't play a drum. So I swapped it for a tent. <laughs> and then I decided I'm going to be a, a kind of semi-homeless person. And I lived in the woods in a tent for a bit. And, you know, we tried lots of different things. This is pre... We, you didn't travel with a mobile phone. You kept, this was back when you checked ones. your email once a month. Yeah, so you weren't you having were... these conversations going, I'm kind of playing with this or I'm dabbling with this. You were very no. much... Oh. like separate yeah yeah completely separate and we'd both kind of before we had left we'd kind of we were we'd ran a marathon because that was january we'd run a marathon that october and we had gave up alcohol two weeks before which was a huge thing yeah. and we said we were eating brown bread instead of white bread like we were doing a detox which was and it was literally just eating brown bread instead of white bread <laughs> it was eating bran flakes instead of corn flakes it was no alcohol and more fruit or something like yeah, that was. okay. Uh, uh, but the big thing was no alcohol and we felt good. So we kept doing it until Christmas. Mm-hmm. So the seed was planted before we left. And by the time when we went away separately, we both ended up continuing that curiosity into food. And yeah. we kind of, before we knew it, we were talking on the phone and we were, I've been eating a vegan diet for a month. And he's like, jeez, I fucking a month too. I got like, what, when, when did this happen? You know, and you're talking about this. So we had, we had both kind of changed our diets and, and had given up alcohol and it. All these different things that yeah. kind of happened coincided. Yeah. And then you came back yeah. together. And obviously people in Ireland will know the story, but in, and probably in the UK as well at this stage. But you came back and opened a veg shop, which was like pretty lo-fi. Oh, you're totally lo-fi. Like just to give a context, we left as these two lads, like two identical twins that were loud mates, rugby playing, point swilling, cavemen, jocks, short yeah. back and sides. We'd Nike Air Max, Ralph Lauren shirts. Yeah, we're the men. And then we came back two years later as these long-haired hippies that like wore trinkets and beads. Stephen used to paint his fingernails. We wore like plaid pants and long shirts and we had top knots and beards. And we were starting a vegetable shop and we were now vegan and we didn't drink alcohol. So like yeah. obviously people thought we were complete and utter weirdos. Absolute weirdos. And it was like, it would have been what, late 90s, early 2000, 2003, 2004. Okay, okay. Cusp, so. Yeah, but like it was Celtic Tiger Ireland. So people were kind of out like living the high life and you guys, like you say, were wearing trun- trinkets and selling turnips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. It was quite a change. Like a yeah. lot of mum and dad's friend kind of believed we were kind of selling drugs down the back of the shop, you know. Oh, what really? happened to the lads? Oh, jeez, the poor lads. Jeez, they've really lost their way. Oh, you know, they were so kind of... fantastic when they yeah, were playing yeah, rugby. Yeah, handsome yeah. fellas and everything what and now look doing? at them Jesus they've really lost their way and their cabbages are very overpriced <laughs> <laughs> and the state of their carrots Jesus like <laughs> <laughs>
So, apart from each other, what are you thankful for today? Oh, definitely my daughters. They're like my reason for everything. They're just amazing. They open my heart like anything else. I jump in front to anything for them. So that's How many? Uh, two. They're near, two. There's ten and nearly eight. So that's Ten and eight, good yeah. age. And when you say open your heart, I like that. The world kind of wants you to close your heart, to protect you. And it takes quite a bit of defiance and bravery to like live wide open. And I think you guys, you know, I think you both do mm, that. Yeah. And I think, I think kids kind of like certainly having daughters coming from all boys families and very male upbringings to yeah. two daughters and be learning about what's the difference between a dress and a skirt. And Izzy you was wearing culottes yesterday. <laughs> well, no, no, we're very basic now. So, but learning all these things like, yeah. you know, learning how to tie pigtails and how to do a knot, how to do these type of things. And I'm not allowed to do them anymore. But like just all the little things that you go through having daughters is yeah. such a special relationship. Yeah, I think the the dad-daughter thing is very, um, is a beautiful dynamic actually. I think it just allows you to adore them. Like yeah. absolutely full out adore them. And I'll, I'll often say like we'll be walking down the road and I'll go, do you know something girls? And they go, daddy, we know you love us. Oh. We know you think we're amazing, daddy. We know. <laughs> You know. But was that, did you guys get that a lot at home growing up? It was love in action rather than verbalised. Okay, like. okay. And love in action by your dinner was on the table or like support? Oh, or... mum was yeah, amazing. Yeah, both. Mum okay. would have been mom very been supportive amazing. and always there. Yeah, mum would have been. First. But, but maybe would've... like our approach to parenting is much more you want to tell them all the time. Listen, mm. you're just, um, I just, my heart is exploding with love no, for you. I just in case, just right? in case I'm, yeah. just in case I'm run over later. You know I absolutely adore you and I do anything for you. You know that? Yeah. Okay, great. No. <laughs> Lovely. But like the fuel that that gives you as much as them, it's like such a, yeah, it, it comes back, doesn't it? It's way more for you, for us, I think, than them. Yeah. They don't care less. They're like, but, you know, Jesus they, they feel it anyway, like yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I think parenting, it's the greatest joy or love I've ever experienced. And the other side, it's the greatest challenge. And mm. often, it's often, at least before I was a parent, you're seldom told that it's both. Like that if you want to experience those remarkable emotions, you got to be willing to go through the struggle. Yes. Pay the price. And I think that's an important part of it. And that paying the price, there's beauty in that too. Yeah. Because it forces you to evolve, forces you to be kind, or forces you to, you know, address yeah. some issues. Totally. And I also think there's no running away from from those issues. You're kind of confronted with these little people and like little traumas that you've packed away. And suddenly you're like, oh, my God, she's so tiny. I was this age when such and such. You have it. I think you find the little version of yourself yeah. by seeing your kids kind of, you know, unfold. I think that idea of like embracing the emotions across the spectrum that's also profound. And such a challenge. Like, like we grew up, and I'm sure you were similar, in a different kind of, you know, it was a different Europe. generation. It was less, it was the tail end of children shouldn't, should be seen, seen not, not heard. heard. So you didn't mm -hmm. really whinge, you just kind of got on with it. That was what you were told. Yeah. And that and was now, good, you were good if you didn't whinge. Like, or, or, didn't you cry. Oh, you you were, were like, not Oh, you were told you were great. And you didn't, when you fell and you didn't cry that much, you're so strong and you're like, yes, I'm so strong. And inside you're, <laughs> But like I see yeah. with my own children, like my wife is, you know, a psychologist and she's very in touch with the kids expressing their emotion and whinging yeah. and moaning until the cows come home and I'm going, stop fucking rude moan. You know that way? It just, it just, it screams out of my body and I'm kind of like, yeah. okay, I got to sit here and just... Listen. Tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. It's good. Tell like me more really, about what you're, yeah. where you feel crap. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, very interesting. but I th- also think it's the language, isn't it? Around, they're able to articulate their emotions in a way that we were like I don't think I even knew the word emotion like I think that's all a relatively new concept to be exploring your feelings and giving space to those emotions like I think you were either like happy was good keep that smile on your face sad it's a bit annoying or inconvenient we're trying to get in the car we're out the door we don't have time for like that kind of messing and suddenly I think kids are more equipped with the language for their yeah, for for what they're going through, that it also teaches us. I think. Yeah, I think really well said. Yeah, very well no. said. Because yeah. uh, maybe there wasn't no, space. Good for one. Maybe there wasn't space no for space. good one. I, I was going to go no with something space. a lot more uh, functional, less romantic. Well, uh, the question That's about being grateful today. I was going to say my microorganisms. Oh, so, oh, here so, he goes. Yeah, this is a, here he's going. <laughs> he's off. So, okay, we've been kind of really delving into you know our microbiome and the fact that we're we have about a hundred times more microorganisms uh, than we do human cells, and that they function so many different things in our body, and we're so yeah. at the mercy of them. We like to think that we're self-determining, self-directed humans, mm. but it kind of reminds me more about the kind of the interrelationship of life and that how our microbial health hugely affects our overall health, what foods we crave, it can affect our moods. And we're so dependent on these and also how our environment is all linked. And I just, the more I delve into this area of um, science, I'm just fascinated with it. So I'm grateful for the little unseen microorganisms that keep me healthy, strong and well and connect me to the rest of nature. (laughs) Do you know what? I love that. And that was beautifully concise, which I'm not very good at today. But actually that idea of being like being connected and I think you know lockdown has kind of given us a little sense of that because we've been literally looking out the window at the seasons changing and feeling kind of a part of that rather than dipping in and out of it maybe but when you talk about like microbes are we talking about gut specifically or you're talking about like literally licking a fern when you go for a run and being like off the land all of those <laughs> Both. everywhere all of those. there is there's more microbial like there's so much microbes everywhere like we live in a planet that's so diverse in them and we yeah. think they just live in our gut but they're in every function of our body in every cell in every like there's there's so much microbial intelligence in this planet and i guess yeah. it's the more we can connect with that i think the more we can open ourselves up to and so you're talking about the, the intelligence in in plants the intelligence that lives more, underneath our feet in more, mushrooms now, let's I'm say not go, i'm not going wackadoo here now but if you break, <laughs> well, go a bit go a bit because i'm well, really into this well like if you break it down so we, as stephen said we've got 10x the amount of microbes in us we've got 100x the amount of genetic material that are microbial intelligence so and they all live in yeah. our gut and the main thing Mm. which you can do to kind of like it's it's we live in a symbiotic relationship between ourselves and nature and over the last in our lifetime it's been as humans we've just been dominating nature and our health has been deteriorating the planet has been deteriorating and i think it all comes back to the same thing like um our microbes is one of the main ways that we are connected and really visually can see that we're symbiotic with, with nature and with one another. You know, you hear these expressions, we are all one, and you kind of go, that sounds wackadoo, that sounds really woo-woo. What does that actually mean? But, like, but it does yeah. mean in terms of microbial, microbial you know, activity, there's so much... Even to bring it down to something a little bit more tangible. So uh, we were talking about mushrooms earlier, and if you ever dig up the soil, you might see this kind of little white kind of film in the soil, and that's known as a mycelium yeah. netric, uh, network. Mycelium yes. network. And this is often where 
mushrooms will share minerals will share it's like a data cable in a weird way they can share yeah. nutrients they can communicate like internet under the yeah ground, yeah yeah, right? yeah in essence mm-hmm. and, I, and i think there's that ability you know there's the, the secret life of trees a book recently published you know just showing how trees even planted in soil that they're not typically in any way suitable for a tree to grow it can it can share minerals from another tree that's in a healthy soil to create a nice environment and i think similarly human so much of our modern day existence is caught in our cerebral matter and i think the more we can kind of you know tune tune more into our our intuition and the fact that we are very interdependent i think we can reach a different level of intelligence don't love that very concise i love that that was way i was fumbling (laughs) on a tangible level what is the most the easiest way for us to like improve Spend I think, time I think two things even if you look at the dictionary the dictionary says the material world excluding humans so I think first thing is to remember that we are mammals we're albeit sophisticated mammals right now that are communicating digitally but we're mammals yeah. we're sophisticated animals and I think it's to remember that you know we're at the mercy of this wonderful planet and all the other beings of it. And I think the more we have the humility in terms of that, I think the more we spend time... And the respect. Yeah, and the reverence yeah. and the gratitude. And I think yeah. the other, other simple things we can do is spend more time in nature, spend more time trying to eat more fruit and veg because they're high in fiber. And that's a prebiotic. And from... And local, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and things that are grown in good soil. The last thing on this yeah. was, you know, like we're nearly, we're nearly the same genetic makeup as silverback gorillas. We're 97% the same. Like they're our cousins to some degree. And they live yeah. in East Africa and they just live in the trees and they eat all loads of fiber and whatever. And mm-hmm. they have, their, their microbial, like their microbiomes is like 7x ours. And their, their symbiosis with their, their natural habitat is so in perfect harmony. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, we are, I think we're kind of slightly out of harmony in many ways with the natural world. These are a collection of half-baked ideas, but we're, we're very it's curious fine. about this. They'll the eventually get baked. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully before it's too late. What is the thank you next? I, I, got, I got one, I got one. Can I go? Yeah, of course, you've been really concise. You're lovely. Okay, so running a business uh, back a number of years ago, we borrowed a seven-figure sum of money. So we borrowed one and a half okay. million. And we were yeah, really wow. going at growing the business. We had, you know, over that year, we kind of started supplying products into Waitrose. We just crossed 10 million in sales. We had reached 200 employees. It was like, woohoo! You're going places. We're on. Oh, we're Ego on, on fire. fire. And we're going to open more cafes. And oh, we're going to make plant-based food really available. And yeah, go get them, lads. And I think it's very easy, at least for us, you know, who are responsible or, yeah, kind of responsible for the business to get caught up in that. Wow, lads, you're doing great. You're so successful. What are you doing with all the money? Okay. Things like this. Yeah. But at the other side of it, we found we were kind of weren't swimming in the sea as much. I found I wasn't seeing as much of my family. You know, every time I go down to Pearville, where we produce a lot of our food, you were meeting new people that were employees, but you didn't know who the hell they were and you felt no connection to them. So you were kind of like, wow, what's happening here? Anyway, we met this really cool man who Dave did his thesis on, who was age 84. And, right. and, and it happened to, he just kind of arrived. His wife was doing a photography project and she was doing it in twins and she flew over from London. Her assistant that day happened to be the great Charles Handy who David written his thesis on. He was like, oh, you're Charles Handy. <gasps> and we started talking about the business and he, he, kind of, he kind of said, it seems like you're at a bit of a crossroads here, lads. Do you want to come over and, you know, over to Cambridge to my farm and we'll have a chat? And I was like, oh, we'd love to, oh my God, what a dream. And sorry, just a little side note as to Charles Handy because I maybe just 
purely ignorant, but I don't he's know. A that business he's a business philosopher who would have been on the board of the body shop. Okay. He sold, like, he sold like millions of copies of books. Like his okay. uh, dad would have had all his books. So he's more like probably relevant right. to our, our parents' generation. Okay. Rather. But his message okay. is okay. forever relevant. Oh, just just okay. a Tell wonderful him, wise man. And we had a great afternoon chatting to, with him, discussing what is enough and what is success. And through yeah. that, we, we kind of really questioned you know, why, why were Grown, we doing this? Why what so gave us meaning? Grown. And through that process, and I guess over the last year, we've kind of, you know, kind of tried to get the business back to more its roots and try to get it more, you know, try to build a lifestyle, which, you know, where we weren't stressed and where we get to do things we love and work with people that we love. And, you know, that's it. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. And good man, Steve. Thanks, Great Steve. job. Yeah. I think that is so relevant, though, because you're cheered on from the sidelines and actually the bigger you get, the more frantic it becomes, the more, you know, successful you are. And you're thinking it's kind of out of whack with with why you started doing it in the first place, which was to have a, a rounded kind of life that you were in control of. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost feeling like a bit of a fraud. You know, the way you're kind of standing there kind of going and people are saying, oh, geez, you know, you're called the happy pair and underneath you're feeling it like a duck on water. You're feeling a bit stressed. You're feeling a bit like, yeah. shit, I haven't seen my family that much this week. You know, you're just... You know, it just didn't feel as integral or as congruent. So I'm yeah. really grateful for the fact that we've kind of had that opportunity over the last year to kind of really try to get back to our roots and try to find that, connect with that honesty years. again. Not that we were dishonest, but, you know, just you can kind of lose your way a bit or we lost our way a bit. Yeah, I can see how you would be seduced into wanting to grow and grow and the idea of growth. And I mean, growth on a balance sheet being, you know, the be all and end all as opposed to personal growth, which sometimes there's not much room for when you're literally producing like a maniac. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. well said. Great. And my thing, which I'm grateful for, and mine's more personal that I've He's got. Showing I, he is, he, he was showing you. He was great. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm grateful for back seven years ago. Like I've been married and then we got separated seven years ago and that was a really challenging experience but yeah. and one which was really painful but going through that I grew I've grown so much and become so much more aware and opened me up to so many things and now I've got a very good You're relationship. You're much more evolved human I did. More in my own relationship myself it's not necessarily about others more in my own relationship myself and I think yeah. it's sometimes true those really deeply challenging things like the stress the challenges of all those difficult conversations or whatever and to face it and kind of go through it and come out the other side it certainly stripped me of lots of different things and humbled me to an extent which yeah. is great and now I've got a very good relationship with my kids mom we have a really good relationship where you know co-parenting and have been for the last since we got through that very difficult initial period and uh, and that's been a really good, really beautiful experience. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And maybe it's with hindsight, you're able to look back exactly that, you know, and go, I have grown. I'm better for that. When you're in the midst of it, it's, you know, the worst thing that can happen. But actually, like going back to that spectrum of emotions, that's kind of why we're here, isn't it? Yeah. To feel the whole gamut. And, you know, in a sense, and I don't know if this is, scientifically or technically true but I feel like in a way the lower you go the higher you can you know you can soar on the other side that's quite a painful way to live sometimes no, but, but I, actually I, I, I would agree in a lot of way like the importance of discomfort like the kind of that stoic ideology that you know it's only yeah. through discomfort can you really appreciate comfort and it's true that ability as you mentioned to go down it almost widens that bandwidth for your for your ability to experience life 
totally and it just again I think it's it's like opening you up and sometimes it's deeply uncomfortable and deeply painful as you say but actually then when you come out there is an appreciation for like much simpler things even a level and then when you get back up you're like dude I thought this was gone forever and you're like don't take those things for granted anymore yeah really well said beautiful it's good Um, okay is there a thanks that got away I got one okay you got one okay you start I got one I remember being I remember being like 17 or 18 or something and we used to play a load of golf and we were quite good at it and I remember there was the Wicklow boys golf golf competition and that was like the county championship and I remember we both went into we were playing a little bit of golf and it turned out like after the first or the second day I was winning it and I was beating a few lads who were playing for Ireland and you know it was like uh, people would have been waiting for me to choke or whatever and I remember going into the last round and you know feeling nervous and I remember there was this old man from our own golf club Brian O'Connor and he walked along with me and we chatted away and he was the most calm, serene, easygoing man. I didn't even know I was playing golf. And what chat- do you mean by that? That sounds a bit But I was, just, I was just having such a pleasant time and lost in our chat. And I, I remember it just, he really, whatever the heck happened that day, like I ended up winning it. I, I shot a crazy good round and I beat everyone. And I remember that day. And then he died soon after that. And I remember kind of going... He was very influential. I don't think he even knew he was. Right. But certainly in my experience, I felt like he had brought something to me that was like this wise old kind of magical... Sage. Oh, I don't know what, I don't know how to describe it. But like in a movie, yeah. this kind of magical person shows up and guides you along and shows you you can do better than you think. And, you know, that was a beautiful oh, experience. Oh, that's so. lovely, Brian. Brian O'Connor. So he kind of took away the the pressure and anxiety and allowed you to relax into what you were able to do yeah yeah I think it was almost like that he kind of got me out of my head completely where you know the way they say people will say where you get in the flow where you don't even you're not doing it's just happening literally written down flow yeah Yeah. I'm gonna go with the heartfelt answer this time oh Um, there we go my daughter May is named after my granny and my our granny used to be this real special lady that we used to like as teenage teenagers you know the way in Ireland you used to I'm sure anyone listening you'd go and you'd drink your cans on the beach a bag of cans you'd take and on rainy days we used to go into granny's all the lads and we'd sit around grannies and drink no our cans way. and granny would say don't tell your parents now don't tell your parents we used to just have a great laugh and a great chat and we used to always kind of say nice compliments to granny and she'd always go I don't believe you lads I think you're full of crap you know she just didn't Aww. believe that we were actually saying them and one of the nicest moments I ever experienced when our first child was born not mine and Dave's but mine and my wife's yeah. um, I remember calling my granny up crying and going granny we decided to call her May after you and I remember my granny just going well, that's the nicest thing I could have ever heard. That just means all those nice things you've been saying for the last 25 years are all true. <sighs> and, and she was like, she was 90 and she nearly ran up to meet her. And it was just one of the most beautiful moments. And it's something that, and, and every time like my little daughter, it's like, oh, you're like your granny or my granny. And it's just this lovely togetherness. And it, yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. And actually like what you were saying earlier on, that you, you're showing love rather than just saying. Because I think a lot of us are thought, oh, you yeah, say it, but actually it's it's the meaning behind it, isn't it? So that's like the ultimate show of respect to the matriarch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cute. I love that. <laughs> Granny May. I love that one. Okay, is there a big thank you? Okay, can, can I go off on a little one? As I, go you know, it. I'm 40, we're, we, we are 41 and we've lived in this little rock called Ireland for the majority of our life. And 
As I grow older, I tend to fall more and more in love with this little island and its folklore and its history. And it's very easy growing up in Irish schools to kind of push away Irish and just go, ah, that archaic language that people don't use. And um, we were recently listening to a podcast and discussing it. Um, what was his name? John O'Donoghue. Oh, uh, the poet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, oh, it, 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 it was an interview he did before he died. And I remember just listening to him describe the land and just the language and the, even the weather. It made me feel like... What a magical island we're living on. And over the last kind of 256 days, I've been learning Irish every day. And it's really kind of, you know, I can speak a few languages and I've never, I've always felt a bit guilty that I kind of almost like cheating on, you know, cheating on someone at home. You know, the way that your Irish is pretty crap and you can be a bit resentful to it. But I guess I'm very, to bring it back to the topic of grateful, I'm very grateful for this little island and its history and its past. And even there the other day, we were down on the beach and um, Lima Wainley, you know, the singer just showed up and uh, yeah. he gave us this book by this guy, Monkun, which had, I think was 32 words for the sea. No, it was like, it was a bunch of words describing the sea, ancient Irish words. And, and we brought what, it in. Describing the sea. Yeah, and, and like, it's not like, it's a grey sea, it's a blue sea. It's like all these ancient yeah. words for like, shaft of light behind clouds that, indicate stormy weather coming like and but, but a nun, a nun and is this in Irish so, in Irish. so wait can I just stop you there last week I spoke to Emma Dabry you know the author Irish author okay and Irish was one of her thank yous the Irish language and recently falling back in love with the Irish language and how that connects to everything and how language is more than just words it's a paradigm through which we see everything and she said she had just read a book called 32 Words, words for, for Fields. Fields oh there you go yeah. And it's amazing, like even the the other day, like you were rooting through it and a number of them were like really miserable. Like you were kind of reading it going, oh my God, there's a lot of misery in our past. Like, you know, it was like, but when you go up to the sea and it's quiet and you can hear the moans of, you can hear the whispers whispers and the moans of the past. You're like, okay, give us another one, Dave. That one doesn't sound so nice. (laughs) But But like there's a depth, there's a depth and there's a kind of like folklore. But I think we're all like mad, witchy, druidy types. Like, and you guys, yeah, you're like packaged in a different way. But like, you know, you're also whispering to the sea every day. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You might be a bit LA, but you're still feckin' chatting to the sea. So I think it's in the DNA. You know, that slight, like, kind of dreamers and, like, you know, the whole saints and scholars thing. I don't know. I think Irish people, aside from all of the stereotypes that are more international, are deeply feeling sensitive humans that are massively connected with the land and like and the cycles historically I mean and I think that we kind of don't understand or know how to articulate that but we are like of the land yeah Mm. totally yes like like I think like if I was to try to summarize my gratitude towards maybe maybe it's toward that sense of the past that often being Irish we can kind of you know, modern day culture very much romanticizes, you know, progress, industrialization and disconnection from the land. Yeah, but, sophistication. Yeah, yeah. But I'd have a huge mm-hmm. reverence for the kind of, you know, the old or the times that have gone up beyond that sense of context, the struggles that our four mothers and forefathers have gone through to kind of give us this privilege that we have now. So I'd have a huge respect, reverence and gratitude for all that. Yeah. Jeez, you what a scholar. When Angela mentioned that word scholar, you thought I'm going to up my game. Here. <laughs> he was like, like let me show you what a scholar it. is, bitch. I got it. Yeah. Okay, you're off. Uh, I was going to say, like, we're, we're sitting here looking at the sea, so I just have to say the sea because 
it's been such a part of our lives the last seven years and over the last year and a half it's been the anchor of our life really because it's mm. you know we swim in the sea every day we've grown up beside the sea and I guess the only time I can really like I, you kind of take it for granted because we've always we lived in the same town that we grew up in and it wasn't yeah. until I went away traveling I ended up in the jungle for about two weeks two or three weeks in Costa Rica and it happened again in Borneo and I remember not feeling myself at all really because there was no expanse like I was so used to this massive expanse I don't feel good I'm going to go for a walk around with the sea and you see this massive expanse of sea and horizon and sky and you kind of just feel like okay I'm tiny I'm insignificant it's grand it gives you context every single day you're like I'm the minuscule part of this gig yeah whereas in the jungle you were sitting there and I couldn't see the sky and there's so much stuff going on that it was suffocating to a sense that it was like I need to go see the sea where's the sea like you know and there was you know and that bit was kind of crazy and then it's been I guess we swim in it every day and have done for years and Mm. particularly over the last year and a half it's been the anchor the cornerstone of socializing because people still swam, they still kept their distance and did all those things, but there was still human activity and yeah, it connects us with nature. It connects us. It's that like, it's just such an epitome connection. As you said earlier, that we seem to be disconnected from seasons. Well, like swimming the sea every day, you see the tidal changes, you see the, like a sunrise cycle, even just yeah, the where the sun change, rises, the wind, where the where the moon, temperature where the moon change. is, the, oh, the temperature, temperature change. change. Yes. Oh, it's a north wind. Oh, it's a set wind. Oh, jeez, it's that freezing cold northwest wind today. You know, and yeah. and these kind of things which you never thought you'd become a mariner, but you kind of are secretly becoming a mariner, <laughs> and you're kind of secretly proud of it. <laughs> you're loving it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, is there a thank fuck for this? I was that like? I was going to say that. I was, was going to say that. They literally looked at each other. I was like, okay, I think we get this. Be the other lad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The other lads. Yeah, I think being twins, it just gives, as we kind of said earlier, it gives that kind of almost that security and safety for each of us to be a little bit more brazen than we would be as individuals. And more playful, I'd say, because you're not really. Yeah, and even like when we regularly, we used to go over to London regularly and you'd be sitting on the plane or walking off the plane going, geez, it's so good to be away on holidays. And it's like, oh yeah, shit, we're working. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, 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 we're working. Because there's just that sense of joy and excitement and what's going to, what are we going to do today, Dave? I know we've got loads yeah. of work stuff to do, but geez, what do we do in between? You know that way? Yeah, but also your work had become, it feels like that's kind of threaded through everything that you guys do. And I don't know, I know authenticity is a word that's kind of bandied around a lot. Has being a twin allowed you to kind of lean into that? And you didn't, it feels like you didn't necessarily have to conform, certainly not for as long as most people do. It allows you to be a lot more idiosyncratic and quite comfortable in your idiosyncrasies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, probably more Because you got a wingman. Yeah. Do you ever watch that Simon Sinek one where there's, there's a party happening or there's no one dancing. There's a party there and there's no one dancing. There's music playing. There's one person sta- dancing and he says the yeah. most per- important person is the second person, not the first yeah. person. Because up until that point, that person dancing is weird. They're strange. And as soon as they got a follower, it's those people. And I think it's yeah. the same way. I think that's a great metaphor for life, that sense of if you can find a community or someone that will, you know, be there for you at that time, I think it makes life richer and it makes you maybe more secure. Well, so many people are searching for 
you know, wholeness and they search in, you know, many different ways for many decades or ever for a lot of people. And it kind of feels like, yeah, that sense of belonging, maybe that a lot of people spend years searching for. You didn't have that kind of, you know, void, I suppose, that a lot of people have. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of never had, never had that void. So have always had yeah. that. Can We'd have lots of other voids now. We'd have loads that, of other voids. That's important. We're looking at lots of voids. But in terms of security, we're both... And like, the same way we're all running... out looking for fun most of the time. And the know. same way we're running a yeah. business, there's a huge amount of, you know, pros and equally as much, if not more of cons, because we often don't have to discuss things because, you know, you can kind of just, yeah. even looking at them, I know what he's thinking. And the same way w- with the other okay. people working with us, I feel like, I don't have to discuss that. You get it, like... So we often yeah, don't okay. articulate, aren't terribly explicit, expect people to understand what we mean. So okay. we're just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that communication yeah. has been so... Yeah, um, taken for granted. And you okay. can almost expect others to, you know, what, I got to talk to tell you what I'm thinking, you know, that way. So it's okay. a bit... <laughs> this is a drag. Yeah, like in a weird <laughs> way. And uh, it's, not, it's not obviously as explicit yeah. as that, but often subconsciously I go, geez, yeah. that's what I didn't tell someone what I really yeah, wanted yeah, them to yeah. do. Yeah. Well, you do, I have to say, you do seem very content. And that is a word that I think is slightly underappreciated, that you're like, actually, contentment is literally all we're looking for. You can kind of, you know, there's loads of big, shiny words that we're striving for a lot of the time, but there's a kind of often an emptiness when you get there. And contentment is just this beautifully solid, rounded sense. And it feels like you've kind of nailed it. There's another word I love as well, which is pleasant. Pleasant. Because I think... Like, and I see it in myself, like I, I think I reflect back on the past and I'd kind of go where we might have been more interested in excitement and happy and those emotions. Yeah. And now like that sense of that was a really pleasant day, you know, like, yes. like that can be because it's <laughs> it's really like it's that I feel like I can be open and I can be easy and I can be gentle with myself, which is, you know, which is a really nice thing. Whereas excitement, sometimes you pay the price for it because, you know, you get exhausted and your nervous system is shagged or something. So so I yeah, think there's yeah. there's many different things. But, but I was going to say one thing back to that thing you said that we seem to whatever. The thing which is interesting is when people come meet us, like people are like where we're, we are ourselves and mm-hmm. just as many people would think we're weirdos as think we're great. And at this stage, when people come and meet us and they might have followed us on social media, they go, geez, you're the exact same. I thought you were only acting or something. Yeah. And it's got, there's no fucking way you could act like our lives are way too full on. Like it's, you know. It's exhausting to be acting. Yeah, yeah. to be a performer. Like it's like, no. Yeah. But, but I think so much of what you said boils back to gratitude. And I think it's ultimately the more we can slow down, appreciate it. And I think that's what we get from the sea most days is that sense of back to the present moment, back to suddenly it kind of goes, oh my God, I can hear all this stuff and I can see this stuff. And suddenly your senses are alive. And I think the more we all collectively can experience the present moment as opposed to the moment that we're projecting on with our worries of the future or stuff that we're dragging from the past, the more we can connect in with that sense of presence, that sense of contentment. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and feel that wholeness not as something we're striving for, but as something we can cultivate ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and that's the challenge. Human beings, and right? that's the challenge, I think, because yeah. as we kind of acknowledge, there's so much social conditioning of more, bigger, better, faster, you know, all these kind of things. Whereas underneath yeah. it all, you don't need that much. A few hugs, and now pat on the back to tell you're great, a dinner. Yeah. 
and and a few mates and you're winning like you know a cuddle every now and again and sure listen you're elected that's what I haven't say. heard that. I haven't heard that saying in so long. You're elected. Oh, I love that. Um, okay, do you have a present you're most grateful for? So something a bit frivolous. I know it's not on brand, but go with it. The chocolate pellets. I love <laughs> chocolate. Okay, so I love chocolate. I've been making bean to bar chocolate for a few years now. And, you know... You've been making what? Bean to bar chocolate for a few years now. And I love yeah. the romance of it and the allure of it. Often we get sent stuff and you kind of... There was a time when I was really excited when stuff would go, oh, I can't wait to open it. And then, you know, ah, most people are looking for you to kind of do a story or to do something about it. No Whereas, such thing as a free lunch, Yeah, pal. yeah, yeah. But then, you, then yesterday we opened a, bo- a, a box or Sarah, a random Sarah box. Sarah opened a box and it was full of chocolate. It was just like, mm. <gasps> the excitement. And it's really nice chocolate. And it's got nice pictures of What's interesting it people it's on it. It's called the Islands. Mm. Chocolate buttons and they're so delicious. So thanks for that box, the Islands buttons. And Dave was calling them chocolate pellets. So big shout out to the Islands Cho- chocolate <laughs> pellets. They're delicious. <laughs> Yeah. What about you, Dave? Have you got a gift that you can remember? Okay, what I'm really grateful now is I'm learning how to build. I'm learning well, what? how build to... Build what? Well, DIY. We, we moved house recently and I've started collecting tools. And like last night, I hung a... I made my own floating shelves. You know those floating shelves? So I did... Yeah. I had to, it, was re, it was just so much fun. There was so much problem solving and power tools, which is also fun. And uh, and then the satisfaction of actually, you know, in the end, I got it up and it was nearly level, and no one could see that it wasn't quite level, and just that and it's now holding one little small cup. No, it's holding five cup. glasses. It's holding five glasses and four cups. <laughs> but, uh, I think that sense of learning. I think that sense of thing that like like I feel like it's so innate in us that building and. You working know, with our hands. Working with our hands. And it's almost like I feel like I'm remembering these things. You know, the way you often say, like, I'm remembering how to bake bread. It's like it's so intuitive in our DNA. And yeah. I feel like building structure and that kind of thing. I feel like that basic kind of primitive instinct connecting to those things. So that wasn't like frivolous. But, yeah. But you guys have got quite deep. It used to be all about vegetables and <laughs> porridge. And now it's like real proper philosophical stuff I'm into it dreamers <laughs> it's always there we just didn't really show it you just remembered it yeah. there you are exactly well said which I'm all about by the way and I sound like an absolute crackpot when I'm talking about being off the land and all of that but I do like I really genuinely believe I might have been a druid in a form of life I could 100% oh, yeah. I, I could see you being a high priest like, like wailing in the forest yes Angela I'd follow you I'd happily come to one of your Listen, ceremonies <laughs> you, you'd be elected you would oh, I'd be more than elected it'd be a content and pleasant experience oh, oh. <laughs> good luck lads you're an absolute treat cheers Angela your gas absolutely Big thank you to the happy pair, Steve and Dave. I mean, if that conversation doesn't fill you with energy, I don't know what is. Maybe a dunk in the sea. We are almost at the end of the series, gang, so you must catch up if you have let slide a couple of episodes. What has been your favourite so far? Do let me know at Instagram or on Twitter at Angela Scanlon. You can also follow the twins at The Happy Pair. Their latest book, Vegan Cooking for Everyone, is out now and it's absolutely genius. There's also a link in the bio down below. And we will be releasing the final episode of the series next week. It's a good one. Comedian... Catherine Ryan is here to 
finish us out for this series. So do subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts to make sure that you don't miss that. And there's always, which you've been loving and I love, the thanks that got away, mini pods, your letters about the thanks that you never got to give. So feel free to send in more of those. If we don't use them this time around, we'll definitely use them next series. And the details for that are below. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter. Just click in the link of the show notes for a Sunday dose of reading. A little bit of inspiration, hopefully. Thanks to my lovely producer, Louise Mason, at Rethink Audio, who recently had an appendicitis issue and trooped on for the record like an absolute warrior. So big up, my girl, Louise. See you all next week. Have a delicious week. Love you.